Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning. Top of the hour here on the Daily Tip on a Friday. And it's not just your normal run-of-the-mill Friday. It is the Friday before Super Wildcard Weekend in the NFL. In the next hour, we will go down the slates game by game and give you picks and plays for every single Super Wildcard game. Uh, We'll start off this segment by running down what's going on in the Steelers and the Bills, including maybe some weather updates you might need to know about if they're thinking about moving the game. That was a rumor that was floating around on Twitter yesterday. And then we'll get to eventually the Monday night game in Tampa Bay between the Eagles, who have been really struggling, against the Bucs, who have Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. Enough said. Uh, But Jenks... You gave me a mm-hmm. thought earlier when you were talking okay. about, I can't remember what it was, but do you think people who watch a lot of sports and who are mm-hmm. constantly involved in the sports world have the tendency to keep score in relationships? Because think of the Ooh. mentality of people who play sports. You're always keeping score. And the score is the main yes. thing. It's like, well, no participation trophies in my game. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and keeping score in relationships is not a good thing, though. Do you think sports people tend thing. to lean this way more, though? Maybe. Yeah, because you look at things in sort of a black and white way. Who wins, mm-hmm. who loses? Who wins, who loses? And nobody likes to lose. And people don't like to apologize. And people don't like to admit that they're wrong. Nobody likes doing that. But... I will say to your point, keeping score in a relationship is a death knell. You have to reframe the way you look at a relationship because, of course, when you have a disagreement, you tend to think of, okay, I'm on this side, you're on this side, who's going to win? But at the end of the day, you have to look at it like we are a team. We might have a disagreement in game, 
but our goal is to win the game together. We are on the same team. You have to keep reinforcing that thought because we all have egos and nobody, you know, when you believe in something, you're passionate about something, then you feel like I'm right here and you might be right or maybe you're not right, but the ultimate goal is to win. And the only way you win is to work with your teammate. So I think that's probably something that, that can take place. Because when you look at scores, you tend to look at things in a very finite way. Who wins, who loses. But relationships don't work that way. In fact, I will say, I don't know if you'll find this interesting or not, but when I did my thesis at the University of Texas when I was in graduate school, and now it seems a lot more obvious, but I decided to do a, a study on credibility. And there are myriad ways you can define credibility. Some experts say, oh, it's it's four characteristics. Some would say it's 48. You can go back and forth on that. And there's not a lot of research done on it. And I compare the credibility of news anchors versus sports anchors. Now, news is a lot more polarizing now. It wasn't at the time. But mm -hmm. my theory was that newscasters would be more credible, seem more credible, because they tackle and cover more serious topics. When you think of maybe a Walter Cronkite or a Peter Jennings or a Lester Holt, you think, oh, they have such gravitas. Wouldn't you think mm -hmm. they are more credible than some random sportscaster? But I found just the opposite. And the reason why is, and now, again, it's obvious, is that people look at how you frame a news story and they have certain political beliefs and they say, I wouldn't tell the story that way, or, or you're presenting this story with a certain slant. Whereas in sports, there's always a final. There's always a definitive answer if you're talking about a game. So it's easy to say, well, I may not like this sportscaster, but if you're not debating something, there is no debating the final score. That is not debatable. How we got there? Sure. Talk about that all day. But the score is the score, and that is a final result that no one can argue with. And based on that, sportscasters ended up being more credible. I kind of went off on a hmm. tangent there. But I think it's interesting in how people view scores and how it does influence their personal lives. I think that's a great point because up until you said the final score kind of factor there, I thought to myself, hmm, well, if nobody trusted newscasters back then, <laughs> right. I wonder how this story would have yeah. gone in this day and age because it feels like nobody trusts him. But you're right. And this is why sports betting can kind of be crushing to your mentality because there's no room for, you know, gray. Mm -hmm. It's all black and white. It's like you either won a bet or you lost a bet. It does not matter how great your handicap is if you lose a mm -hmm. bet. You know, that's all that's reflected in yeah. you know, the final standings. So I think there are good things about it, and there are also some bad things about it. But let's look at some of these numbers and some of these NFL games and see if we can pick some winners, regardless of everything that unfolds in the actual game. So let's start off with the Steelers and the Bills. And I do think the number could be, you know, the factor in this one that we need to take note of. Because number one, the Steelers and Bills game is expected to be played in the elements. We're supposed to see wind gusts up to 45 miles an hour in Buffalo, which we know it's not just the cold, it's also the wind that can severely impact totals. Because think of kickers, think of teams that like to pass the football down the field. 
the wind and these wind gusts can make these passes and these kicks extremely volatile. So we're seeing a 10 point spread, but a total of 35 and a half. And Jenks, I did see the rumor floating around that they were going to move this game. I think the mm-hmm. NFL has come out and said that this is absolutely not happening. So just from a number standpoint, a 10 point spread with a mm-hmm. 35 and a half point total. Is there a way to justify taking the Bills here, or are you on the other side? I like the Bills. It opened up at nine and a half. Yeah, I like the Bills. I'm telling you. I don't know how the Steelers are going to move the football. I just just don't know. How are they going to move the football with Mason Rudolph. I wanted to say Kyle Rudolph again just for fun, but it's <laughs> Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> How are they going to move the football with Kyle Rudolph at quarterback? Mason Rudolph is Great not a good question. quarterback. The Steelers don't have a good don't have a good offense obviously. Now, we can go back into the old trope whether it's true or not. Mike Tomlin, I mean, here they are again, Steelers in the playoffs each and every single year. They find a way, they'll be prepared. But you're right, a double-digit spread with a a total this low is a little daunting to think about. But ultimately, the Bills are playing their best football of the season. As long as Josh Allen can hold on to the football, I could I like the under in this game. I know the BetQL model likes the over because this is such a low total. I, I disagree. I, I still like the under. And also, I'll say this. T.J. Watt being banged up for the Steelers is huge huge absolutely huge there are very few players in the nfl particularly on defense that when they leave a lineup all of a sudden the defense takes a monster step back that's how impactful he is i think with him out and it being in buffalo and the way the bills are playing right now i could honestly see a 20 to 7 game and the bills cover and the under hits and that's where i'm gonna go I wouldn't be shocked if that's our final score. And I think because of TJ Watt being out, excuse me, I had a burp. uh, (laughs) That's why I wouldn't be on the Steelers as something that is making the official card for me. But I don't think I can lay 10 with Buffalo. Like we had this discussion earlier about the inconsistency Mm -hmm. of the Bills. When they are playing at their best, they look amazing. They could beat probably any team in the Mm -hmm. NFL. But then... The interceptions come, and I'm aware that they beat the Dolphins despite the returnovers from Josh Allen, but still, that has been the knock on Josh Allen Mm -hmm. this season is that he turns the ball over. This is still a good Steelers defense. Granted, no T.J. Watt, and he's basically like the quarterback of the defense. He means a lot to them, but still, I don't think I want to lay 10 with a team that beat the Chargers with an interim coach by two points, Mm -hmm. beat the Patriots at home, by a mere seven points. The Steelers aren't good. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying 10 points is a lot of points in the playoffs where weather is going to be a factor. Because look at the Bills. They're not a team that, even though they play in Buffalo, they have like a warm weather style of offense. And I guess here's the point against that, which maybe you would bring this up, is they have moved more towards a run game. You know, James Cook has come on down the stretch. So maybe that's a point in your favor saying even though the weather is bad, the Bills have now made themselves a little bit more two-dimensional on the offense. I think that's a fair point to make. And I I honestly think if the Bills want to win, they need to be more 
two-dimensional. And that's how they got on this winning streak, which is saying, okay, mm-hmm. let's not make Josh Allen do everything. And honestly, they kind of got away from it last week in Miami, and it almost came back to bite them. They won that game, but Josh Allen had what? Three turnovers, couple picks, and a fumble, and that's because they kind of reverted back. It's it's hard to get away from your nature, and for so long they've said, Josh, win it, Josh, win it, Josh, win it, but I think they need to be careful with that because he does have a, a propensity to turn it over in big spots, so if the Bills are smart, especially against the Steelers, I think the way you play it is, if you're Buffalo, at least from a strategy perspective, you say, yeah, let's run the ball as well. Let's not ask Josh to do everything unless he has to. And against the Steelers, he shouldn't have to. Right. I think the bottom line for me is that I don't want to play a 10-point favorite unless I feel really damn good about it. So I yeah. think it's not going to be on the card for me. Like, I think I would lean towards the Steelers, but it's definitely not an official. And one of the narratives or one of the, you know, situations where I have felt really comfortable in a team laying a big number is the Cowboys at home. This has been a narrative all regular season long. It should be noted. They have been piling up the points on some bad teams. So this weekend we have the Cowboys hosting the Packers in the 430 game. And this spread's come down because my initial instinct was, okay, Cowboys at home. This has been an angle all season long. Opened at Cowboys length seven and a half. Now it's down to seven. Total of 50 and a half. So, Jenks, what do you make of this line movement? Mm, I don't know. I, I got to say, I, I love it. I love it because I'm in the Cowboys. I absolutely love it. Honestly, I think it's an interesting question, too. We, we had that statistic earlier in the week where – if you look at rookie quarterbacks or quarterbacks mm-hmm. making their first appearance in the playoffs, how they're what? Around 32% all time against the number. I wonder if you can make chat. money just by. Yeah. So here you go. You just put this in. Quarterbacks making their first playoff start against quarterbacks who have playoff experience are 17, 35, and one against the number. That is a percentage of 32.7%. So I wonder if you fade every quarterback making his first start in the playoffs this weekend, if you could make yourself some money. Maybe. I, I, I just think the Cowboys, if this were seven points on the road, which it wouldn't be if we were in Green Bay, but the Cowboys are so good at home. Undefeated at home this season, and they have averaged at home this season. 41 points per game. The Cowboys are a juggernaut when playing in Big D, and I will trust Dak and the Cowboys against Jordan Love making his first ever playoff appearance. I'm glad it's moving in a different direction. Normally, I don't like going against the money, but I'm on the Cowboys. I'll take the Cowboys minus seven. How much is this statistic changing your viewpoint on some of these games? Because it does feel like a pretty relevant one. And shout out to Bill Mm -hmm. Rowland for giving us this stat. I think it's a great jumping off point. I do think you have to consider, you always try to poke holes in a stat and say, okay, in what situation does this not matter? But I do think in situations where the quarterback is being asked to do a lot, that's when this really matters. You know, if it was a team where their identity was defense and running the football, I would say, okay, well, it's not really dependent on this quarterback who's making his first playoff start. But, you know, in most of these cases, C.J. Stroud is the offense for the Texans. Jordan Love has to at least do something for the Packers to stay in this game. 
So I think I would lean with you. I'd lean towards seven and Cowboys at home. Although Dak Prescott and the Cowboys have been really hard to trust in the postseason. I will say the other metric in this one, Dak Prescott, just two and four straight up in his playoff career. Does that scare you? No, it doesn't because I I understand why people hate on the Cowboys. They It feels like they're in this position every year, doesn't it? They're in this position mm-hmm. every year and they falter. But I kind of have a sneaking feeling that the Cowboys are different this year. Dak is different this year. Remember last year, he led the NFL in interceptions, and he has busted through that narrative this year. He's used his legs more. The Cowboys are much better than they have been in recent years, and so it doesn't scare me like it would have maybe last year or a couple years ago. Yeah. The other thing I worry about, though, Mike McCarthy in a close game. Let's just hope it's not a close game because I will say that is a possible outcome. As good as the Cowboys have been at home. Coming up on the other end, we get to the other games. Can the Rams win outright as underdogs? We'll dive in next. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we are back on the Friday feel-good, amazing day version of the Daily Tip. Did I nail it? What is it? I never did it right. It's the Friday morning good time edition. I kind of coming around to liking your version better, I have to say. I like hearing what's going to come out of your mouth. It's usually about 85 adjectives, so I'm for it. I think if you butcher something, you just got to go all in. Like, just do as worse yes. of a job as you possibly can do, and at least try to be funny. Because I feel like as a broadcaster, that is the one thing I have learned over the years, is that you're going to mess up. But if you can turn it into like, I don't know, like poking fun at yourself or just putting a light spin on it, we are not covering, you know, politics or, um, you know, something that's really heavy. At the end of the day, this is entertainment. If I mess up somebody's name, I'm going to own it and I'm going to move on and I'm probably going to make fun of myself. Is there something like that that you have learned over the years when it comes to, I don't know, maybe giving yourself grace or something to the mm-hmm. effect of that? Yes, I. two things. Number one is you're absolutely right, and that was a mistake that I made early in my career because I would feel so... Now, if it's an egregious error where you're getting someone's name wrong or something that needs to be corrected, you correct it. But when you're talking about minor mistakes that just happen naturally, a lot of times the audience doesn't notice or they don't care. And when you draw attention to it, it makes it worse. So as someone who hates mistakes, early on in my career, I would be anchoring or doing whatever, and I would make a mistake, and I would make fun of myself, which is okay to do, but I would draw more attention to it. And so a lot of times there's no need to call back to something that isn't a big deal and make it a bigger deal than it is because then all of a sudden people are paying attention to it. Again, if it's egregious, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. But if it's a small thing or a small 
mispronunciation, why well, even worry about it? Just move forward because everyone makes mistakes. And then the last thing that I've sort of come around to is it's difficult for me to to be in this business because I'm very much a perfectionist. It's 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 interesting to me the first critique I ever got a serious critique when I was in Texas and it was super competitive and Bob Buckle was my professor and Bob was awesome and is awesome and he looked at me in class one day and he goes Michael your biggest problem is you're a perfectionist in an imperfect business live TV live radio is not perfect mistakes will happen and you don't like mistakes at all and you are trying to be perfect this business is imperfect and you're going to have to learn to accept that so and he's at he nailed me early on I'm like God you were so right how do you know that about me and one thing I've had to learn or try to accept as far as giving yourself grace is what you can control is how much you prepare and how much you're ready for whatever you're getting ready to do. That's something you can control. But once you are ready and set to go, then you do your best and that's it. So if you make a mistake after when you're done and you say, let me assess my performance. Okay. I made a mistake here. I made a mistake there, but was I prepared or not? If the answer is I was as prepared and ready as I could be, then you know what? You're a human being. It happens. No one is perfect. So you have to accept that and say, I did the best I could. If the answer is, you know, I kind of mailed it in today, then that's when you say, all right, maybe that is on you. Because if you're mailing it in and you screw up because of that, well, you know you could have done something to mitigate that. But what I've learned is if you're doing the best you can beforehand to be ready, then you have to give yourself plenty of grace and say, look, this is three hours, for God's sake. It is very difficult to nail everything over the course, especially when all of this is virtually ad-lib. We write down notes, of course, but the mm -hmm. majority of this show, 90% of it, is just all off the cuff. So you have to give yourself grace when you're talking about three full hours and when it's super early in the morning when your brain isn't huh. exactly firing on all cylinders. I've got Theraflu. I've got some Red Bull here. I've got some coffee. So I would say that if you're prepared, then and you make a mistake during the course of it, that's natural. It's human. And people aren't as hard on you as you are on yourself. That's what I would say. Especially because our show is more like a conversation. And think about it. If you're having a conversation with somebody and they slip mm -hmm. up, are you going to just be thinking about that your entire conversation? Like, oh, my God, this person's such an idiot. No. <laughs> right. You just move on. He's like, oh, okay. Well, then next sentence. So I think you have to look at it through that lens as well. We're going to get to Rams and Lions in just a second. But you said something that made me think of the interview mm -hmm. that we just saw with Nick Saban, who I think a lot of us were shocked that he retired. But I think a lot of it was he alluded to being such a perfectionist which you were mm -hmm. just saying, you're one of these people, that he yes. did not want to continue to do a job unless he could do it at an extremely high level. Do mm -hmm. you relate with that? Yes, all the time. I, I, I am someone who needs feedback. I need positive feedback because yep. I am always like, do I suck? Do I suck? Am I too old now? Same. Do I know what I'm doing? <laughs> Am I any good? Do people like me? Do people hate me? This is on it. So I honestly have to say, and it, it, it's, it's backwards, right? You should honestly be able to say in a perfect world, 
I believe in myself. I am confident in my abilities. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And people like me. Ideally, you believe in yourself <laughs> enough. But I am someone who I always feel so much better when someone says, hey, you did a great job. Or that right. was awesome work. Or, wow, we're really proud of you. Or if I do this show or Commanders or whatever, and someone comes back and says, hey, that was really good. Then I'm like, oh, 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 I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. I'm pretty good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly fighting that battle. And I have to say that it's gotten worse with age because this is a young person's business. So I just turned 50, right. and I'm not having some sort of midlife crisis. I'm not going to break up with Catherine and get a convertible get a motorcycle. Corvette. That's next week. I'll do that next week. I'm going to ride it out this week and then change things up. But when you get older, you're like, hey, am I am I still decent at this? I don't know. Maybe. When you when you doubt yourself anyway and then age becomes a factor, I think it makes it even worse. So I, I do struggle with this all the time. I never want to be doing anything in this field where it's like, you know, he used to be pretty good, but now, man, this guy. I mean, you can you can hardly listen to him, honestly. And I, I don't ever want to be that person. You know, and, and that happens, co especially in coaching. Uh, look at Bill Belichick. Perfect right. example. I, I'm not saying mm -hmm. he can't still get it done, but I'm saying what is the narrative on him now? Game has passed him by. Used to be one of the greats. The game has passed him by. I never want to hear, oh, the business has passed him by. So, yeah, it's always a concern. I can relate to that a lot. Well, let me tell you an anecdote of something that goes in your favor of a narrative that was broken for Matt Stafford of the Lions because there was a headline mm -hmm. at the start of the season saying he's not relating with his younger teammates. He's in the locker room. They're all on their phones. Do you remember this story? I think his wife was talking about it on a podcast. Yeah. And this is when the Rams were labeled as a bad team. They said, oh, well, the Rams aren't really a team that's a contender anyway. But now look at Matt Stafford. Clearly, the game has not passed him by Clearly, he is relating with his teammates. So, Jenks, look at Matt Stafford and say, hey, maybe I am the Matt Stafford of BetQL. I still got one more in me. Because I think yeah, you do. So, more. let me take some time Thank to you, say, Chelsea. you are good at your job. I feel like you're still getting better. And you certainly don't have any reason to feel insecure. But moving on to this Rams game. Well, thank you. What do you make of the Rams being in this spot? And now the fact that everybody loves the Rams, including us in this game. Oh, I like the Rams. You said this yesterday, which I thought was a very good point. Are you scared that everyone likes the Rams? Doesn't everyone love the Rams here and Matthew Stafford? Because mm -hmm. I do. I kind of, I'd put a sprinkle on the Rams money line at plus 140. Because of the Lions' secondary. That Lions' secondary is not good. And I also think that we're not talking enough about Jared Goff. I, I don't know if I'm going to bet on this game. I would definitely go Rams. But I also think that Jared Goff has had a career renaissance since going to the Lions. Hasn't the narrative changed on Jared Goff? He was sort of a castaway with the Rams. And he was okay. He was never bad. But he was okay, and the Rams said, we can't win it all with this guy. And you know what? They were right. They got Matthew Stafford. They won it all. But he went to Detroit, and all of a sudden it was like, hey, Jared Goff is a pretty damn good quarterback. So he has changed the thought process as well. We don't talk enough about that. But if I'm handicapping this game, I do think the Rams and also Sean McVay, as much as I like what Dan Campbell has done with this Lions team, 
If we're talking about coaching advantage here, I think there is a significant coaching advantage when you're talking about Sean McVay, who has clearly won a Super Bowl and is one of the best in the game. Right. Better coach, better quarterback, better offense, uh, and that team's getting points. That's the other important thing, that the Lions are laying points here. If this was under the number of three, maybe you could skew my opinion and say, okay, the Lions are playing at home. But doesn't it also feel like all of the pressure is on Detroit here? Detroit has not won a playoff game since 1992. I feel like you are going to feel the tension in the room when it comes to this game. Because look at how good the Lions have been over, Mm -hmm. you know, the last season or two. It feels like it's their time. But the Rams, you know, they're loose. They weren't expected Mm -hmm. to be here. They were expected to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So now that they are in this position, I feel like all the pressure is on the Lions. So I'll take the Rams getting through. Although I do feel like this is going to be one of the more public plays, like you said, of the weekend. Yeah. Oh, what did Matt put in the chat here? I want to make sure I get this right. And this this is pretty telling. Rams plus three, Herb QL has 59% of the money, but only 44% of the tickets. I mean, you want to follow yeah. the money, right? Yeah. Interesting. Maybe maybe, maybe the square side is the right side here. It could absolutely happen, but I'm going to stick with my gut, and I'm going to go L.A. Yeah, let's go. Well, this, this metric is suggesting that it's not the square side, you know, because if it's only 44% of the tickets, that yeah, means the majority right. of the tickets are on the lines. Don't we talk about this angle all the time, though? that people love betting on teams. Like maybe that's a, a factor here as well mm-hmm. because sports betting is legal in the state of Michigan. So we'll see. Uh, I think we both had a strong opinion on that game. What about the Eagles and Bucks? Like when we start bringing this game up, my stomach kind of turns a little bit. I'm like, oh God, I, I huh. promised a pick and a bet for this game. And I don't know if I can do it because you can look at this game one of two ways. You can say, okay, this is the buy low spot for the Eagles. If there's ever a time to buy a stock, it's when it's at rock bottom. Doesn't this feel like rock bottom for the Eagles? But at the same time, if you see what's been transpiring on the sidelines for Philadelphia over the last few weeks, this doesn't look like a team that I want to lay points with on the road. So I just go back and forth. Like maybe I'll play a total here, but Jenks, do you have a a clearer picture on how this game unfolds? Honestly, this is this is a game that I just don't want to touch. Same. Of all the games, this is the one where I have probably the weakest opinion because it comes down to a very simple question. Which Eagles team is going to show up? Is it going to be the team that made the Super Bowl last year whose roster can hang with anyone's? Or is it going to be the Eagles team that has lost to the Cards and the Giants to end the season. I I have to believe, and this number has moved from Eagles minus two and a half to Eagles minus three. I have to believe that the Eagles find a way, don't they? Because say what you want to about the Bucs and Baker Mayfield and that rib injury and playing through pain and grinding it out and finding a way to win the NFC South. It's still the NFC South. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. all right, full credit to Tampa. I had I did not believe in these guys, but they won an incredibly weak division. And I have to believe the Eagles being battle tested, having been in this spot 
find a way. So I will lean Philly. That's where the money is going. But I also have a hard time trusting Philadelphia for obvious reasons. So this is, even though it's a Monday night game, I'm going to stay away from this one. This one feels tricky because I think the public view of the Eagles is they've got to get it together some point at some point, don't they? It's almost like betting on the chiefs in the regular season this year. People just kept saying, Oh, well, they've got to get together. Don't they? No, they don't. And Travis Kelsey doesn't have to have a hundred receiving yards every game, even though we know he has that potential. So I think it's a stay away. Maybe look at the total here because I will say matchup wise, the bucks are in a good spot for their receivers all season Mm -hmm. long. The Eagles secondary has been giving up some of the most yards to opposing wide receivers. In fact, I think it's been the most. So when you have guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin on your team, this is an advantage that Baker Mayfield should be exploiting. But Baker Mayfield also a little banged up for this one. So I don't know. Eagles, Bucks, bottom of the total for me. I will watch it because it's on Monday and I have nothing better to do. But I don't know if I'll be betting on it. We shall see. Coming up after the break, it's time to move on to the other games in the NFL. Our best plays. We promise we'll give you some picks for the other games in Super Wild Card Weekend. That's next. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Wake up, people. We have Super Wild Card Weekend upon us this weekend, and we're going to try to give you some ways to win some coin. We'll start by talking about the Dolphins and the Chiefs. How much does weather really impact this game? as we are looking at a game that's going to be played in suboptimal conditions, to put it lightly, in Kansas City. Uh, But, Jenks, before we get to that, I have Mm -hmm. an important cup date. I do not have a Stanley Cup, but I did get one of those, like, trendy water cups from the grocery store. Like, I didn't order it. I was literally just getting rice, and I was like, oh, isn't this, like, the things that everybody gets? So it's, like, this massive mug. 128 see, ounces? ounces. <laughs> Holy big crap. That's, <laughs> that's massive. That thing is huge. That looks like a third co-host on this show. Oh, my God. 
You know what's funny Whoa. is that I just ordered a new ceramic cup as well right before the break because I need a new one because this bad boy, this Yeti, I feel like it's been around for too long and I keep tasting metal and I'm like, oh, that's good for my brain. Mm. So I got a new one. So you got that bad boy where at Costco? No, it was at Kroger. Like it wasn't, it's not even a good brand. Like it's definitely not a Stanley one because like that's the one that everybody's fighting over. Oh yeah. But I wanted the benefits of, because I do think when you are carrying around something this obnoxious, it forced you to, to always think about drinking water. And in the yes. end, that is a good thing. So if it is a trend that, you know, is a good thing for your health, I feel like it is a fine trend to partake in. And then my husband said, yeah. it also doubles as a weapon. Like imagine if somebody's trying to mug me <laughs> coming out of Target, this thing's stainless steel and massive. Just doink them in the head. Yeah, you swing that bad boy and knock somebody out. <laughs> that's a great purchase that's huge that is huge oh i wondered when you were gonna break that bad boy out because i kind of saw a little bit of it earlier and oh my god incredible chelsea well done and it's funny again i just purchased something not that large but i have something that's coming from amazon tomorrow because i need a new mug as well not gonna be that big but i'm right there with you well because here was the cup situation earlier it was a simple glass with a straw. Boring. And when, <laughs> when we do a three-hour show, you know, the water in here, number one, goes down. Like, I drink more than this in three hours. And also, it doesn't keep it cold. So, I feel like I could justify it with our job. I did try the, the coffee mugs that keep the coffee warm. But the problem is, it keeps it too warm. And so, I'm sitting there for 30 minutes waiting for it to cool down. Have you had this problem? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, my problem is, like a real psychopath, is that not only do I drink out of a metal mug, but I also have a metal straw. So let me tell you, let me give you a bit of advice. I do this for my teeth because I drink so much coffee. I'm worried about my teeth getting discolored. But if you put a metal straw into a, I was going to say orifice. That's not the right word. Oh, a God. metal cup. Not great, Bob, but if you hit metal on metal and you're talking about hot liquid, be careful. I've gotten used to it now where I, I know going in, like, let this cool down. But it is, you can absolutely, it's like drinking the sun and you will burn your mouth to bits. So don't do that. So, yes, I have to, I have to fight that battle each and every single morning on this show, Chelsea. Yeah, so the headline is, don't put a metal straw in a warm orifice. That's what no. the takeaway is. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Nailed it. All right. So maybe you will want a metal straw to keep your beverage warm if you're going to the Chiefs game this weekend. Could not pay me any amount of money to stand outside in these conditions, but we do have a big playoff game in the AFC between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Chiefs now laying four and a half. This line started at three and a half. Slowly, we have seen a lot of money pour in on Kansas City. I feel like mm -hmm. for me, this is a process of elimination. There are so many factors going against the Dolphins here that I feel like I can't choose them. Like, it's not the fact that I really trust the Chiefs. It's just that you look at the injury report for the Dolphins. They literally just had to sign two new linebackers going into the postseason. Mm -hmm. They are now down four of their starting linebackers from the start of the season. Uh, they're a team that relies very heavily 
on the pass. And this game is going to be played in what feels like negative degrees. There are going to be wind gusts. It is not at a condition that is conducive to throwing the football. Then the metric that we were talking about earlier, first time playoff quarterbacks going against quarterbacks who have playoff experience, 13, or excuse me, 17, 35, and one against the spread. 32% of the time they are covering. That's not a good number in the betting world. So Jenks, you look at all these factors. Mm -hmm. Is there a case for the Dolphins? Or is this just too much ammo in favor of the Chiefs? I just think the Chiefs are the play. I'm going to be so cheap. I'm going to play Chiefs minus three and lay the juice. Because I can. Because I'm buying one this week. So I'm going to do it. But I, I just have a hard time making a case for a Dolphins team that A, I'll say it again. You're tired of hearing it. I'm tired of saying it. They have one win against a winning team this season. Go back. I won't belabor the point. Go back and look at the Dolphins' schedule this season. Look at who they've played and who they've beaten. It is a weak, weak schedule. They're super banged up. Was it a couple weeks ago I saw Eli Apple on the field against the Ravens? Let me tell you something, folks. When I see Eli Apple on the field, I think, fade that team. And not only that, they have to go on the road to Kansas City in a game where the high is going to be five. Five. The wind chill is going to be negative 10. The coldest game ever was the, what, the ice bowl between the Cowboys and Packers in 67. But this potentially could be one of the five or six coldest games in NFL history. And what's crazy about the Ice Bowl, by the way, I remember watching a story about the Ice Bowl, is that many players in that game suffered frostbite, and it affected them Uh for the remainder of their lives. I'm not kidding. It's absolute fact. But this is a Dolphins team that has lost 10 straight games when when the temperature is 40 degrees or below. And not only that, Chelsea, we're not talking about the Kansas City defense. If you're looking at yardage allowed this season, Browns, number one, Kansas City, number two. That's how the Chiefs have been quietly winning games while the offense has struggled. It's been with their defense. I think that is the key. I am on Kansas City. Yeah, just to summarize all these points, like I feel like I need a PowerPoint. Do you remember those when you see <laughs> PowerPoints? Oh, yeah. uh, so we've got a warm weather team playing in the cold weather. Point number one, you have got a team that number two is going on the road in a playoff game. Number three, they're heavily injured. We just talked about that. And then the minus 91 points differential that the Dolphins have against playoff teams this season with a total of one win. And then finally, like you just mentioned, the Chiefs have a really good defense. So if that's not enough ammo for you, I don't know what is. I think the play that I will be playing in this game is some sort of prop on Isaiah Pacheco. I think I'm going to go over 65 and a half uh, rushing yards for him because this one just starts with the weather. When you have conditions mm-hmm. like that, you're going to rely more heavily on your run game. And that's what Kansas City's been doing. It's wild that they've kind of changed their identity a little bit. And since those receivers are not super trustworthy, they've been running the ball a lot more. And Isaiah Pacheco, when he's on the field, he is the guy to back. He has had two games mm-hmm. over the century mark in uh, three of his last contests. 
So I think that's the way to go, especially if you think this is a winning game script for the Kansas City Chiefs. If they're ahead, they're going to run the football. So I think that is the play for me coming out of this one. That and the Kansas City Chiefs. Just for a second, we haven't really talked about a ton of these totals, but 43 and a half here. Do you have a feeling on a total? Well, I'm a little worried. Based on the weather alone, wouldn't you take the under? I mean, I guess that football is going to be a rock. It's not going to be throwing a a boulder around. Well, you can't really throw a boulder. (laughs) Not the best example I've ever used. But you know what I mean? It's going to be a rock. That football is going to be rock hard. So if these Chiefs receivers have a tough time catching the ball when it's warm outside, I mean – Imagine this stone hitting those stone hands of the Chiefs receivers. And then conversely, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to move the ball because they're going to have the same issues. And also they have to face that Chiefs defense we were talking about. We've seen the total come down a half point overnight from 44 to 43 in a hook. I honestly, based on the weather, it's going to, these guys are going to have a hard time moving. The wind chill is going to be negative 10. Think about that for a second. You're going to play. It's hard to walk when it's negative 10. These guys are going to play football. It's going to be so cold. I would bet the under just based on the weather alone, honestly. Yeah, if I'm a player on either of those teams, I am staying in bounds so the clock continues to run. I don't want to play any extra seconds in this game. And maybe that's why I'm not a player in the National Football League (laughs) because of that mentality. Uh, Not a football guy over here. Uh, But I think you're right at 43 and a half. Do you think mm-hmm. that playoff games tend to play tighter when there is so much on the line? Because this is a narrative in like game sevens of like the NBA finals mm-hmm. in the NHL, where when more is on the line, teams to play, uh, teams tend to play a little bit more mm-hmm. conservative. Do you think this is a thing? Absolutely. And I think the statistic we mentioned earlier, which is the struggles of quarterbacks playing in these playoff games for the first time and not being successful, speaks to that. Mm -hmm. Because certainly there is no more important position on the field than quarterback. So when you take a guy at the quarterback position who has never been in a playoff game, teams get tight anyway. It takes a while for both teams, I think, generally to settle in. But especially if you're a rookie quarterback or you're a quarterback who has never been in this position before, and you've got to figure this out, then, yeah, I think that's why we see so many first-time quarterbacks struggle in spots like this because of that pressure and because of the tightness that sort of surrounds the pressure that comes with playing the postseason. Yeah, and again, that metric is pretty damning for some of these young quarterbacks. Again, first-time playoff quarterbacks going against quarterbacks with playoff experience, 17-35-1 against the spread. Coming up next hour, we'll dive into if there is a candidate to break this mold in some of the other playoff games. That's next on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.